Thank you, Eric. Kids are going to slip out on us and we'll let them go. In your Bibles today, if you would turn with me to Philippians chapter 3, New Testament book of Philippians chapter 3. There's a story that is told just after the Civil War uh, that um, there was a lot of of unrest and uh, conflict within the United States because of uh, the events that had unfolded. And uh, we know that, um, that there was uh, the uh, new president, Andrew Johnson, wanted to continue on the ideas and the desire of President Lincoln in order to bring uh, unity and harmony and reconciliation to the divided North and South America. And, um, but... But Congress was determined that they were not going to bring about reconciliation, that they wanted to to really rule the South with an iron fist and to make them pay for what had happened and the things that had taken place and and all of those those things surrounding those events. And in 1866, there was a new senator who was elected to the state of Kansas and uh, by the last name of Ross. And so, so the Congress had decided that they were going to impeach President Johnson. And they needed 36 votes to impeach him. And so they set about to gather the votes that they needed and this newly elected Senator Ross from Kansas was the the swing boat boat, if you would, was that thirty sixth vote that they needed, and so they began to try to persuade him to convince him to join them in their quest to vote against the president to impeach him and and there was a, a really a, a hard press and and he began to feel a lot of pressure from the, the other constituents and, and people and his party from Kansas. And they, they were behind this. And, and this really needed to happen. And his response to them was that he felt that the president of all people deserved a, a fair trial, the most fair trial that anyone had ever had because he was the president. And so then pressure became even greater and pressure began to increase as, as the day came for the vote. And, and it was really a, a full court press that they wanted him to vote and to be a part of the, what they were doing. And if he didn't, that it would be costly. That it would be devastating to him and to his family, to his career, to his future, to his life. All of these things. The day came for the vote. And they had gathered... And they began to, to call the roll for the vote. And one by one, the, the guilty votes began to come in. And they, they had reached the point 
they, they knew that they had 11 more votes in the bag. They had all the votes up to that point, and it was Ross's time to vote. And so they didn't know which way he was going to vote. They had not convinced him either way, but he felt the pressure. And he said when, when his name was called to vote, that in that moment, he saw an open grave. And he saw his life, his career, his success, his, his being marked as, as a failure, all of that flashed before his eyes in that moment. But even with all of that, all of that pressure, all of that anticipation, he felt he had to do what was right. And he voted not guilty. And exactly what he had expected is exactly what happened. He immediately uh, received, uh, shortly after that, a, a letter from the state of Kansas and the leaders there. And they, uh, they called him a skunk. Uh, they said that they were uh, abhorred, uh, appalled at, uh, at what he had done and the decision that he had made. And, um, and that they were devastated. He began to be shunned. His family was rejected, and, uh, and life became miserable for him and for his family. And he knew that the decision that he had made had, had truly impacted his, his entire life and his entire future. And, uh, and one day, he said, uh, he said to his wife, he said, I, I believe that that this vote has changed our lives forever, ruined my political career. But he said, those who curse me today will one day realize and recognize that I was right. And he stayed the course. And he continued faithful even in the midst of that. And eventually, he was appointed to the territorial governor of New Mexico, and then, just prior to his passing, he was awarded a special pension by Congress. Uh, the press and country took this opportunity to honor his courage, which they finally concluded had saved our country from crisis and division. Imagine the pressure that he felt, realizing that this decision to do what he he believed to be right was going to ruin his career, going to devastate his family, and, and cause he and his family to be outcast and to be shunned, but yet standing firm in the face of that pressure. In the world today, there is tremendous pressure. We face pressure from all kinds of directions every single day of life. There's pressure from within. There's pressure from without. There's pressure at work. There's oftentimes pressure at home. There's financial pressure. There is social pressure. There's even at times spiritual pressure. And we struggle with that pressure. How do we deal with that pressure? How do we respond when the pressure comes, when we are 
pressed against to make a decision, to take a direction, to do something in our life that we know what the right thing to do is, but yet it's not popular. Yet it's not what others want us to do or, or what they believe that we should do. And so when we go to Philippians, the third chapter, Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. And the church at Philippi is under pressure. And there are some things going on in their world that they are struggling with and they're trying to deal with. And so in the third chapter, he writes this, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing again is no trouble to me, and it is a safeguard for you. And listen to the warning, because they're under pressure. Remember? Beware of the dogs. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of false circumcision. For we are the true circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Although, he says, I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh... I far more circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which is in the law found blameless. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. He writes and he says, listen, I know that you guys are under a lot of pressure. And the pressure was this that they were dealing with. It was a legalistic issue. And it was the idea that if you were not Jewish and you wanted to become a Christian, a follower of Christ, that in order for you to become a Christian, you first had to be circumcised in order to be a Jew, in order then to become a Christian. And they were dealing with this pressure that if you want to be a follower of Christ, there are certain things you have to do, certain laws you have to obey, certain steps you need to take. And if you don't do that, you're not acceptable. If you don't do that, you cannot be a true follower of Christ. And they were wrestling with this idea of this pressure of having to do something that they didn't believe was was necessary But yet all of the religious leaders were telling them, this is what you must do. And so Paul is writing and he says, listen, I I want you to understand as you're dealing with this pressure, as you're dealing with these struggles in life, I want you to understand how to deal with them. I I want to help you be able to to handle those things. And he he says, I I, I want you to, to get the idea that that the things of this world, the material things of this life, are not important. And he's going to get into that as we read through this third chapter together. But what he tells them is this, your your focus must remain on Christ. That your commitment to Him and your faithfulness to Him, that's where it needs to be. And so, notice the warning he gives them, beware the dogs. Beware of the false teachers. Beware of those that are evil. He says, be leery of those things because they will tell you you have to do certain things. It's required that you take these steps in order to to be the person you want to be. Does that sound familiar? 
I, I think it sounds like our world today, not so much in the, the realm of faith or our spiritual journey, but in regards to our world. Our world says you, you have to look a certain way, you have to dress a certain way, you have to live in a certain place, you have to drive a certain car, you have to have a certain title, you have to have so much money, you have to all of these things in order to be acceptable. And we look at people who, who have all of that success and, and all of that acceptance, and at times we, we wish that we were there if we're not. We struggle with the idea that they have all of these possessions, they, they have all of this success, they have all of these comforts. I, I mean, let's face it. People in our world and our society want those things. This last week was very evident of that. billion lottery. And they said that the convenience stores could not keep up with the demand for lottery tickets because people wanted to win the lottery. Why? So that they could have all the money that they wanted to do all the things that they wanted because they needed that money, that, that power, that presence in their life in order to be what they wanted to be. And so at some level, they didn't feel successful or they didn't feel that they were all that they could be or life was as fulfilling as it should be or could be if they had all of this money. So people like crazy were lining up to buy lottery tickets in hopes out of the millions, one out of, I forget what the number is, that they could even win. But yet they were clinging to that because material things are so important. And material things give us hope. They they give us power. They, They make us feel that we're successful if we have material things. And Paul warns against that. And he says, just because society, just because people are telling you you have to do certain material things or be a certain material way in order to to be acceptable and be successful... He says, does it necessarily ring true? And so he gives us a warning against that, and he directs us that we need to take into account our lives, that we need to to assess and evaluate where we are. And we need to look at the things of life and ask ourselves the question, do those things control us, and are they more important and more powerful to us than a relationship with the Lord? Socrates said an unevaluated life is not a life worth living. I don't know if he was specifically talking about spiritual things or not, but the, the statement is true. If we don't evaluate our life in relationship to the Lord, in relationship to our relationship to Him, in regards to how we're living, are we allowing the things of this world, the pressures of this world, and, and society to push in against us and allowing those things to control us to affect our relationship with Jesus Christ? Or have we understood that our relationship with Him is more important and more powerful than all of those things combined? And that's what Paul is writing about, and that's what he is encouraging us. And so as he goes through this passage, there are three things that I believe that he teaches us that can help us to deal with the pressures of this world in which we live. The first one is this. 
position, power, and possessions proved to be nothing. Position, power, and possessions proved to be nothing. Paul writes and he says, listen, if anybody has a right to put confidence in the flesh, the things of this world, it's me. More than anybody else. And then he begins to talk about why that is. And he talks about his birthright. That his father raised him the way that he should. I think that's interesting that his thought immediately goes to his upbringing. I I was circumcised on the eighth day just like the law says I should be. My father took me to all the right places and all the right schools. I got all the right education. He had all the privileges of life. He talks about the law. Listen, it was only the privilege to study the law. It was only the privilege who knew the law. It was only the privilege. So he had all of the things that we would want in life. He had success. He had power. He had position. He said, you know, I was of the right tribe, of the tribe of Benjamin. I came from the right side of the tracks. I had the family lineage and heritage. All of those things. He was just talking about everything in his life that we look at materialistically and go, man, he's got it all. And he tells us that. He says, I I had all of that. He said, every bit of that was was what my life was about. He he said, I was a persecutor of the church. He said, I stood for the power. Man, he he said, I I had people put in chains and drug off to prison because I had a position of authority. He was talking about all of those things, about, about what we look at, position and power and possessions in life. And he said, I had all of that. And then notice what he says as he talks about that. Let's pick up in the text again and continue. And he says uh, of this, But whatever things were gained to me, all of those things that that I'm talking about, verse 7, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. So, So position and power and possessions, they prove to be nothing, he says. In regards to my relationship with Jesus Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. He says all of this that I just talked about. All of the position, all of the power, all of the possessions. He said those things are nothing in comparison to knowing Jesus Christ and having a relationship with Him. Don't let those things rule your life. He says don't let those things put the pressure on you. Don't let the world put the pressure on you that I have to have this, I have to be that, I have to go here, I have to do these things in order to be considered successful, in order to be considered acceptable. He said those things are nothing but rubbish. They're nothing. There's no value to them in regards to what it means to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We must admit in our own heart and our own life that we live in poverty and, and that we struggle with bankruptcy spiritually without knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I am absolutely nothing without Him, is what Paul says. And he said, all of this other stuff means nothing compared to knowing him as my Lord and Savior. And so he teaches us 
how to deal with the pressures. And he says to us, don't let those things control your life. But understand that compared to Christ, they're nothing. And when we begin to get that mindset, all of a sudden those things become so insignificant and unimportant in our life. Second thing he says is this, personal involvement proves to be everything. Personal involvement proves to be everything. Let's continue reading in the text this morning and see what he says picking up in verse 10. Or let, Let's begin in verse 9. We stop there. And that we may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law. He says, not what I could do, in other words, is what he's talking about, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, in order that I may obtain to the resurrection from the dead. He says, listen, here's what I want you to understand. It's a personal relationship. He says that these things are, are count as, as loss, that they're removed. He said, listen, here's what I want you to know. Those things that he's talking about, a lot of those things that he's talking about, there anything wrong with them. They're not bad things. He said, my personal righteous, righteousness in regards to the law. All he's saying is this, I lived right. I lived the way I should according to the law. There's anything wrong with that, is there? Anything wrong with being obedient to the law and living the law the, the way that you should? And he says that. He says, I, I lived the law. I lived in my own righteousness. He says, in, in regards to this, he said, my family heritage. There's nothing wrong with coming from a good family. There's nothing wrong with having privilege or, or money or financial stability in life. Those things aren't wrong and they're not bad in and of themselves. But he says, when we allow them to control us, when we allow that to be the purpose and the goal in life, other than a relationship with Jesus Christ, that's when they become bad. That's when they begin to, to interfere with us being able to know Him and be known by Him. And that's what he talks about, this personal relationship. And he says, if I have this personal relationship with Him and I keep those things at bay so that they don't interfere with that relationship, then he said there is a power that comes from that and there's a purpose that comes from that and, and it impacts and changes my life. And so he said, listen, here's what I want you to understand. He said, understand that all of these things, power, position, privilege, all of these things, he said, they don't mean anything in regards to relationship. He said, it's a personal relationship that matters. Maintain that personal relationship. Stay connected. And he talks about the importance of that, the power of the Lord through the power of His resurrection. Power that's resurrection power. Power that's life-changing power. That's what resurrection power means. He, he says, in regards to the sacrifice of love, understanding that I have a personal relationship with a Savior who is willing to die for me. He said, that's powerful. That's life-changing. That's impactful. And then the third thing he says is this. That a real purpose is true power. Living with a real purpose. Not, not the purpose of the world. Not the purpose of the material things. Not the purpose of position and power and privilege and, and all of those things we've talked about. But he says having a real purpose in life. So pick up with me in, in order that... Listen to verse, the beginning of verse 12. Not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it already, 
But he said, this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. He said, listen, here's what I want you to understand. Real purpose in life is powerful, and that purpose comes through knowing what God has called us to do. That purpose comes in regards to living for Him and living in obedience to Him and His Word and not being controlled by the influence of the world. And so He tells us today, here are the things that you can do to deal with pressure in this world. First, know that those things are nothing. Second, have a personal relationship with Christ that means everything. And third, recognize and realize what your real purpose in life is. And it's not about the material things and the influence of this world. It's about Jesus Christ and following His call of your heart. So today, if you're living under pressure, if you're living dealing with the pressures of this world, whether they be from within or without, whether they be from society, whether they be from home or from work, or whatever the pressures may be, He says, I can help you deal with them. But He said, you have to follow the plan, and the plan has to do with knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And following his purpose for your heart and for your life. So, this morning, if you need to deal with the pressures in your life, then this invitation is for you. And we invite you to come as we stand and we sing. And we invite